0: I grew up climbing ladders. Now ladders are perfectly safe. As long as you keep the feet on the floor, you keep your belt buckle between the rails, assuming your ladder's in good working order, you don't climb too high, and you never climb in the wind or rain. Let's see. Yeah. You should be safe. No problem. These are the rules that I've kept All my ladder climbing days and I have never fallen off. Now, some of you have thrown swinging branches into the mix and I've met you at Marion ER with funny words coming out of your mouth, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Don't climb ladders where, where branches are swinging. One day, I was running up and down a ladder about as high as those clouds are right there and all morning I was pulling conduit or hanging conduit and pulling wire, and I froze. It seemed like an hour I was up there, but I climbed down, probably only a few seconds, and take a deep breath, gather my wits, get the job done. Another time, my dad and I were at the very top of a silo. We were changing out the light. You know that light that keeps airplanes from flying into it? Bear that in mind. And the reason my dad and I were on the job is because the day before, the electrician who was out there, we we had these little man lifts, and you had to hold on, and you had to hold your bag, and it was a conveyor belt, and they would pull you up, and you'd go a few levels, you'd step off, you'd go around, you'd get on again. The electrician had his bag catch on one of the levels, and he fell several floors. So now, here I am, we get to the top of the silo, and we have to climb out this little escape hatch and look about 20 floors to the concrete below, and then climb some more to get to where we changed this light. Deep breath, gather your wits, get the job done. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what you must in spite of your fear. Courage is fearing the right thing. That's why I've titled today's lessons, The Fearful and the Happy. No, I have not forgotten those terrors or other terrors that I haven't told you about nor do I believe those kinds of fears will make you happy. But I want to put these images in your mind because as you feel them, you will understand God's word better and therefore you will have a happiness you would not otherwise have been able to experience. Today the big idea is happy are those who fear rightly. Now, Last week, you all remember, Pastor Benji's big idea was, don't worry, be happy. Does anybody remember that? Come on, okay, thank you, thank you. I I need a little bit of affirmation. And what I'm saying today does not contradict this. Actually, we'll find out that these two ideas complement each other precisely because after today's passage, we will have more grounds not to worry because we fear the right person. Let's see how this works in God's Word. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, pay attention. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord will bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children peace be upon Israel. Now let's get the obvious out of the way here right off the bat. This particular psalm is about two things. The psalm is about blessings, God's favor, and it is about fear. God's favor and paying attention to the right things. God's favor or God's blessing, what we will a little bit later call fruitful wholeness, is reserved for those who seek their blessing from Him. Now, if you see a pot of gold, you will fix your eyes upon it, even if some psychopath makes you go through a room full of mayonnaise to get it. If you see a snake in the room, you will fix your eyes on that snake, even if there is a tri tip dinner over here on the table waiting for you. In either case, you want to put yourself in a right relationship to that gold or that snake. Now, remember that feeling you got in the pit of your stomach a few moments ago when I. Describe crawling out this little trap door 20 floors up. You wanted to make sure you were in a right relationship to the edge of that silo, namely 24s below. Because only when you're in a right relationship to that edge can you be happy. Maybe you're afraid of spiders, You want to put yourself in a right relationship to that spider by calling your son or husband to come kill it. Because only when you're in a right relationship to a spider are you able to be happy. Maybe some of you are afraid of public speaking and you want to put yourself in a right relationship to this pulpit, namely by having someone else behind it. Because only in a right relationship to public speaking will you be able to be happy. Now, fearing the Lord is like this you should be fearful of falling into a wrong relationship with the Lord. You will want to put yourself right with Him even if it means you are in a wrong relationship to everything else. You will want to follow Jesus even though it is the politically incorrect thing to do. Courage is fearing the right person. In fact... One way of describing worship is that you put yourself into a right relationship to get what you worship's blessings. The best one-word synonym of worship is submit. To fix your attitudes and your actions on him to whom everyone one day will bow the knee. And when you put yourself into a right relationship with the Lord, you put yourself as far away as you can from porn. You put yourself as far away as you can from lying. You put yourself as far away as you can from gossip or bitterness. Because only when you are in a right relationship away from those, will you be able to be happy because to be blessed is to be one who receives God's favor it is to be the kind of person that God smiles on because you have made it a goal in your life to be in a right relationship to him only those who are truly holy, holy only those who are truly holy only those whose courage fears the right person can truly be happy and happy Are those who fear rightly so let's go through our passage and see how this plays out in Psalm 128 verses 1 and 2 blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands you shall be blessed and it shall be well with you now I want you to notice something about verse 1 you see in verse 1 the common tool of Hebrew poetry, which is called parallelism. And the idea that what happens is the author parallels two ideas to focus you on understanding the relationship. So the verse starts off, blessed is everyone. And then he lists two things. Everyone who fears the Lord, that is to be our attitude, and everyone who walks in his ways. Those are our actions that come out of our attitude. And in this case, what we find is that the one who is blessed is the one who lives like this, whose attitudes and actions match what the Lord calls us to. Now let me talk to you for a second, Christian. Are you a person who's been going to church for years? Are you a person who's graduated from Sunday school? Are you a person who considers yourself a Christian? The biggest danger you are in is trifling with God. The biggest danger you are in is that you allow your heart to be pulled in more than one direction. To be pulled in any direction other than the one that honors Jesus. If you and I focus on too many things, then we have not set our hearts to fear the Lord. Now, what's a practical way? How does this work out in reality? Well, we find that we have no time to invest in God's Word because we fear boredom so much that we have We spend too much time watching TV. Or we fear irrelevance, so we spend too much time on the news channels. Or we fear insecurity, so we spend too much time obsessing about who does and does not like our posts. Brothers... Sisters, this is trifling with God. This is treating God as something unimportant when he is the most important in the universe. Our eyes are not healthy, as Jesus says in Matthew 6. We do not set our hearts to make sure that we are always in a right relationship to him to get his blessings than we are about whatever blessings we get by being entertained or by knowing what's going on, so-called, or by being obsessed with what is going on on our Instagram or Facebook page. Instead, we spend so much time worshiping the idols, the three idols that are most commonly worshiped in our world, which is money, sex, and power. Jesus Is the answer to obsessing over money, sex, and power because only in Jesus will we find the grace that we need not to be afraid. Because when we are focused on Jesus, we will not face God's wrath. So we will be free to explore what it means to be the man or woman of God that He has created us to be and not strapped down and chained and pulled in different directions by whatever flavor of money, sex, and power we choose to worship. Because we look to Jesus, we are free to be unafraid of the world, and therefore we can work as Jesus calls us to do. In fact, that's what verse 2 talks about. Verse 2 acknowledges that God wants his people to work. And given what we read in verse 1, we find that this work will include walking with the Lord. (laughs) Anybody here ever found it difficult to read your Bible? Anybody here ever found it difficult to spend time in prayer? Okay, the rest of you, you're all lying. Or else you haven't tried it. But one of the blessings of fearing the Lord and walking in His ways is that you'll be able to work. You'll desire to work. And you will experience the fruitfulness that comes from being able to enjoy your work as He is working in you and through you. We know based upon this verse and based upon life as it really is in this world that fearing work Hard work will not make you happy. Happy instead are those who fear rightly. So don't be afraid of work. Don't be afraid to work at things that the world scoffs at. Changing diapers, working to communicate with your co-workers, or planting trees. Or, for example, cleaning the streets in northwest Santa Maria. Yesterday, several of you here helped in our most recent Serve Santa Maria by go and cleaning yards. And I'll tell you what, it was hot, it was dusty, and every single one of us that was out there had something else we could have been doing. And it was glorious. It was community building among us. And not only that, it was absolutely wonderful to share in the body of Christ with other Bible-believing, Christ-honoring churches right here in Santa Maria, making a difference. Let me tell you what, there are at least three families in northern Santa Maria, and probably their neighbors too, who will not lightly curse the body of Christ because of the work that was done in your name, Grace. And you can be a part of it the next time it happens again. Several of you here, amen. Wasn't that a great morning? Amen. And we can rejoice that God works through us. Happy are those who fear not honoring God more than fearing the prospect of not getting our honeydews done. And when we live like this, verses 3 and 4 will be true of us. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, look, see, pay attention. I'm telling you something important here. Behold, thus shall be the man, thus shall the man be blessed who fears Now, last week, Pastor Benji reminded us that the Psalms of Ascent are a part of what is called the wisdom literature. These are several books and parts of books around the Bible that teach truths. In other words, what we find here in verses 3 and 4 is not a quid pro quo promise. Not a, if you do this, God will do that. What we find instead is a statement of truth. In this case, the truth is those who walk closely with the Lord will experience his blessing. And his blessing, his smiling favor upon us usually takes the form of fruitfulness, of being able to work and being able to enjoy the fruits of our labors. Okay, I need you to hang in here with me here because we've got two big qualifications, two big things to help us so that we understand not only God's Word, but also how we experience then His blessing in our life today, especially when we don't feel particularly prosperous in terms of physical material stuff. So, one question that every Bible reader must ask themselves is how would the original readers of this text understood what was going on? Well, let me explain. Old Testament believers, those who trusted the promises of Yahweh for them, understood God's blessing, his smiling favor upon them in terms of material good. Healthy family, kids, lots of livestock, fruitful fields, safety and security. Not unlike you and me, right? And we call this kind of blessing fruitfulness. Now Old Testament believers understood it this way because this is what the Lord promised to Israel when they walked in His ways. And so... When the psalmist coming along within this culture wants to give a very specific application of how God would bless those who willingly put themselves in the position of safety, who willingly made sure that they were in a right relationship to Yahweh by, for example, not working on the Sabbath, the psalmist chose to illustrate it by describing the perfect family. Now, furthermore, number two, and in order to help you and me understand how this translates to 21st century Santa Maria, California, we need to understand what's going on. And what's going on is this idea of fearing the Lord, of walking in His ways, of focusing our eyes on Him instead of all the things that we're chasing after. Fearing the Lord and walking in His ways Will give us peace. The idea that is being communicated by Psalm 128 is shalom, is this wholeness that is characterized with peace, fruitfulness, and wholeness, even in the midst of troubles that we don't know where they're coming from the next day. So I want to get down to brass tacks. Some of you in this room will never have children. Some of you have children and they've gone off the deep end. So do you look at Psalm 128 and think to yourself, ah, this doesn't apply to me. Just move on. Nothing to see here. Absolutely not. May that kind of thought perish forever from your mind and heart. As I said a moment ago, carefully follow me here. The average Israelite believer, the man, woman, or child who trusted in the Lord, who was reading this psalm, understood that Yahweh would bless those who walked with Him. And they understood these blessings in terms of family, And family was the image that communicated this fruitful wholeness. But they also clearly understood it as an oversimplification. They also clearly understood that there's more to that and that you can have fruitful wholeness without having every single little bit of what they're talking about here in terms of family. You might think, you know, hey, maybe a large house, maybe a great big Ford, Pick up, maybe a year's supply of coffee from your favorite purveyor. But you would understand, even with that or even a longer list than that, you go, oh, well, that's still an oversimplification. There's more to what it means to be fruitful and whole. So for you, who can't have children, or maybe you're past the age of having children, how then could we communicate this fruitfulness, this wholeness that the Lord wants you to experience? Well, it's not hard, to be honest. Perhaps you could mentor somebody else's kids, nieces, Nephew? Perhaps you can develop younger co-workers who work in the same office with you in their career. Maybe you could use your time, your talent, and your treasures that might have gone to children to invest in the arts or to develop a discipleship program here at Grace Baptist. You can find ways to be fruitful and whole. It doesn't take much. Open your eyes and open your heart and the Lord will show you how you can experience the blessings that he's describing here even if it's not in the exact same terms that he's describing it here. You will find this fruitfulness and wholeness when you learn to reject the lies that will blind you to the truths here because of whatever cultural biases you might have. For example, a feminist or a progressive non-believer might look at this passage and think, patriarchy, oppression. And they haven't given a single thought to examining what kind of man would it be that would have this kind of family. What kind of blessings and wholeness and fruitfulness might the people living in this kind of family experience? Political correctness of any stripe, will cause you to miss God's blessing because PC is simply a means of controlling you in the debate about which something the political correctness police don't want to hear. La, 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 la. George Carlin said, political correctness is tyranny with manners. Oops, did I just say that? Now listen, I am not against using manners. I am for giving a reason for the hope that you have with gentleness and respect. But it is not politically correct to say that the biblical view of family is the one that will bring fullness and fruitfulness and wholeness to our families and to our nation and to our world. And don't allow what somebody thinks on the other end of Facebook dissuade you from standing up for what is right. The Bible uses images of family to communicate this fruitful wholeness even if by the mercy of God you must pray for grace to know how it should apply to you. Pray and ask. He will if you really want to know. My friends, fearing political correctness will not make you happy. Happy instead are those who fear rightly. So let's begin to live in the fear of the Lord. Let us begin to be careful to put ourselves on a path of His blessing. Let us be careful to walk according to His ways, no matter what anybody else thinks. This psalm started in verses 1 and 2 with a very specific statement. You will experience God's blessing, what we're calling fruitful wholeness, if you align yourself with the Lord. By the way, you can't have it in another way. If that blessing is going to come through a hose, you have to be where that hose is to get it. And you are that hose for someone who otherwise would have never been here to hear it. Verses 3 and 4 then apply this principle within the worldview of the time. It's going to take some unpacking for us in 21st century America to express what it means to be this fruitful and enjoying the fruits of our labor and wholeness, living within the peace that we need. But then verses 5 and 6 of our psalm offer a prayer. Again, within the understanding that the psalmist had, but with very easy application for you and me today as we seek to experience God's full, fruitful wholeness. Let's see what he says in verse 5 and 6. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon you. Israel. Right here, the psalmist is praying for you. Because this psalmist assumes that you because the psalmist assumes that those who are reading the psalms are among his peeps, among his brothers, among the people that he loves, he uses language that would make sense. He uses language and praise for their blessing in terms of what a Yahweh-fearing Jew would want, in, fear of what, in, in view of what a Christ-loving person would want. So it's not too much to say, okay, let's take the principles involved in these two verses. Let's unpack them and see what it might look like. Jesus bless you from his church. May he grant for you to witness peace in the place that is most central to your heart. May you live long enough and prosperous enough that even your children are having healthy and happy children. Peace Be for everyone who loves the Lord. Name me one country on the earth where that would not be welcome. Name me one people group on the history of mankind that this would not be welcome on the earth. It doesn't exist. Don't you want to pray this for the people that you love? Don't you want to pray this For ISIS fighters? I do. Could you imagine if this happened to all the legions of ISIS? Don't you want to pray this for the abortion doctors? And give them the grace that they need to see the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus? My friends... This morning, this day, this week, begin praying prayers like this for anyone and everyone that you think is somehow against you. Because our enemies are not human beings. The trouble is, the problem is, That you and I and every other mother's child are sinful. And our desires are upside down and they're contradictory. And James says our passions are at war within us. And if there's a war in my own heart, how is there not war everywhere? Because I want what you have and you want what she has and... Therefore, there is no peace. But make no mistake. All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to the war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both attended with different views. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. We're all chasing after happiness. The problem is when we are not chasing after the person who is happiness. The person who is able to fulfill our hearts even when our children go astray. Even when we lose our job. Even when we are experiencing persecution because someone dislikes us on Facebook. You and I will not find our happiness by chasing after a pot of gold at the end of whatever rainbow you imagine. Stuff, relationships, circumstances. All of those things can be good. They can be a means of the happiness that you seek when you seek them in light of and for the glory of God the Father in the face of Christ Jesus. Seek happiness in the right place. Seek happiness in the right person. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, not on the things that are at best meant simply to point you to Him. We don't have to pile up resources against whatever future may or may not happen. Happiness finds you when you trust the Lord who holds the future. Fearing the future will not make you happy. Happiness comes. Happy are those who fear rightly. Now I need to say, everything that I've said along with everything in God's word is absurd if it's not understood in terms of the fact that God the Son came and put skin on and dwelt among us as one of us. And so he experienced all of the temptations that we experience. And we can look to him, to his example, but more than that, we can look to him for the grace that we need so that we can rejoice Because we fix our eyes on him more than anything and everything else. Jesus assumed all the wrath of God directed at the sins of everyone who would trust God's promises for them in Christ. Now there are several other illustrations of what it means to trust God. God in the Bible. But the one we find here in this psalm and the one we find throughout God's word including the New Testament is this idea of fearing the Lord. And the fear of hanging on for dear life 20 floors above a concrete tarmac is meant to remind us of the peril we put ourselves in when we trifle with God by playing with the serpent's of temptation. Now your serpent may be different than mine, but we all understand and we all must turn our eyes away from the vomit that is before us and look to the grace and the peace and the mercy of God. When we allow our hearts and our eyes to wander from the beauty of Christ, we must always ask ourselves, am I enjoying this for Christ's sake, or am I trying to fulfill something that is meant only to be fulfilled, only to be filled by Christ Himself? Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanted. It has been found difficult and not tried. What we see in Psalm 128 is an exhortation that you and me, by grace, Through faith, faith should try because happy are those who fear rightly. Lord Almighty, we come to you again because you have all that we need and all that we need is found in you. Give us to know your beauty is greater than all the toys that we could spend our time chasing and help us Lord Jesus to know that you are for us. and therefore there is nothing that we need fear. There is nothing, Lord, that that we should take our eyes off of you for and look at. because when we are looking at you, even if we fail to have these other things that we want to need, we know that we will have the fruitful wholeness, you have for us. Bless us, Jesus, so that we can be a blessing. We love you, Jesus. Amen.